country. They both had their new tailor-made suits that I can't stand. The suits are snug as can be, and the jackets have three buttons instead of two. This is the way fashionable people are getting suits now. William and Ron both button up the two top buttons and leave the third loose. Every time they stand up from their chairs, even to walk ten feet, they go through this buttoning routine. Jackasses. It's at least two thousand bucks to have a tailor run a tape measure around your body and cut a suit from a bolt of cloth. More, depending on the cloth. Good for them for making a nice paycheck, but they should spend it somewhere else. Or at least get a suit with only two damn buttons on the jacket. They look like a couple of mopes. The driver says there's construction on a few of the avenues going north, and it'll be better to go out to the FDR. The highways around the outside of Manhattan are the only roads that move reliably, so we take the limo all the way east, and, like children who can barely swim and who run around the edge of the pool to get to where they want to jump in, we ride the perimeter of the island north, then exit the FDR to come into the Upper East Side. Jerry pours out five glasses of scotch from the limo wet bar and hands them out as though answering our ring of his doorbell on Halloween. Everyone ritualistically sucks down their crappy scotch and talks about the trades that happened earlier in the day and the dopes on the other end of the deals. With the limo for the evening and the drinks at Mellon's, we are at a price tag of about two grand and counting for the night. Usually Jerry has a broker from Chaptelaine, which everyone just calls Chappie, or one of the other shops take him out for the more expensive nights. He'll have no problem expensing this back to bear, though. We could call up the Goldman guys to come meet us to talk about the Continental Bonds to add some semblance of legitimacy to it, but why bother? The limo drops us in front of Mellon's on 3rd Avenue at East 74th Street. The place feels like it hadn't changed in a hundred years, including the bartenders. I don't mean just the type, I mean the actual guys. It's no frills here. There are no cute, sexy bartenders or waitresses. Here it is old men bartenders who look like they've been around alcohol their whole lives. If you order a mojito, you get a glare that holds like stone until you realize you need to change your order. These guys don't know any drink that came into fashion after 1950. For them, it's old fashions, rusty nails, maybe a grasshopper for the ladies. The place is narrow, with old New York relics hanging on the walls, rickety chairs and simple tables with red and white checkered tablecloths. There is a long, wooden, old-style bar running the length of the left wall with two bartenders who are such curmudgeons you have to love their style. We make directly for them. The place is usually jammed up, but we're early enough to find room for five to stand huddled at the bar. Jerry orders two bloody bulls for himself, a Bloody Mary with beef broth mixed in. He always chugs the first and sips the second. He's made this his thing. He loves playing the part. I get Maker's Mark on the rocks. I usually start with beer to ease in, but today, want a quicker start. Ron and William both get vodka sodas with Kettle One. Has to be with Kettle One or they get into a snit. Frank, of course, gets a bloody bull, but only one. Two would be to step out of his subservience and encroach on Jerry's thing. I look over at the jackets of Ron and William, unbuttoned while seated in the limo, now rebuttoned again, but just the top two. Ron and William are both slim with dark hair and small features. They're sort of normal and nice-looking, and both give the appearance that they're good kids, which makes them seem twice as devious when they aren't. The main differences between them are in the way they move, and in about six inches of height.
Ron is about 6'3 and moves slowly like he's stretching his limbs with each motion. His speech is slow to match. William is 5'9 and speaks and moves in a blur. What is it with these three-button jackets? Can't you two wear a normal goddamn suit to the office? Blank looks back at me from both of them. Clearly, they liked the suits and had thought they were making a favorable impression. I'm feeling a little tired and grouchy and go further. You're not in Milan. Go to Brooks Brothers and get a normal goddamn suit and save yourself some money. Jerry chuckles. He enjoys humor abuse of anything thin and good-looking. The fat bastard looks like he just stepped out of a J.C. Penny catalog. Ron and William just look uncomfortable. Because I sign off on their bonuses, they are now in the difficult position of having to come up with a witty retort that shows they aren't defenseless, but that doesn't piss me off either. Not exactly a fair fight. I feel a rising knot of shame at behaving like a bully, but knock it back down with another sip of bourbon that makes the ice slide against the front of my teeth.